This Day in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History Class, a show that uncovers a little bit more about history every day. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're looking at the time when two down-on-their-luck brothers decided to bet it all on cartoons. The day was October 16th, 1923. Young cartoonist Walt Disney and his big brother Roy founded the Disney Brothers Cartoon Studio in Hollywood, California. Known today as the Walt Disney Company, it's now one of the largest and most popular media empires in the world, not that you need me to tell you. But the studio started out in much more humble fashion in the back room of a realty office on Kingswell Avenue in Los Angeles, where the monthly rent was just $10. Back in his hometown of Marceline, Missouri, Walt Disney showed artistic promise at a young age. As a teen, he drew cartoons for the school paper and eventually began selling his work to local publications. After serving in World War I as a member of the Red Cross Ambulance Corps, Walt found work at a film ad company in Kansas City in the early 1920s. It was here that he first took an interest in cell animation, a burgeoning new medium that brought hand-drawn cartoons to life. Ever the entrepreneur, Walt quickly launched his own animation company called Laughogram Studio. Working on a shoestring budget with a small team of animators, the studio produced a series of short cartoons for a movie house in Missouri. Encouraged by this modest success, Walt set his sights on a bigger, more innovative project. He noticed the popularity of a Fleischer Studios series called Out of the Inkwell, which featured animated characters interacting with live-action backgrounds and actors. This gave Walt the idea to reverse the gimmick by showing a live-action character interacting with a cartoon world. With the last of the studio's dwindling cash, Walt signed a child actress named Virginia Davis to star in the project and began shooting a pilot film known as Alice's Wonderland. Unfortunately, Laughagram Studio went bankrupt before the short could be finished. But Walt refused to give up. If his ambitions had outgrown the small media industry in Missouri, then he would go where the real action was and find a new investor there. So in the fall of 1923, with just $40 in his pocket and an unfinished demo reel under his arm, Walt Disney left Kansas City on a train bound for Hollywood. Luckily for Walt, he had some family waiting for him when he arrived in Los Angeles. His uncle Robert had recently moved there after retiring, and Walt's older brother Roy was in town receiving treatment for tuberculosis. Walt was able to move in with his uncle while he found his footing, and when Roy got out of the hospital, the brothers decided to pool their resources and hunt for work together. As Walt later wrote, quote, When Roy got out, we had more in common than brotherly love. Both of us were unemployed, and neither could get a job. We solved the problem by going into business for ourselves. Within a couple months of his arrival, 
Walt completed his pilot film in his uncle's garage and sold it to a distributor in New York. He also signed a contract to produce six more Alice in Cartoonland shorts. In order to deliver what he promised, Walt and Roy founded their new studio and convinced some of their old collaborators, including Virginia Davis and her parents, an animator of iWorks, to join them in L.A. The studio's location on Kingswell Avenue was just a short walk from their Uncle Robert's home, where Walt was staying. But soon after selling the first Alice short, the brothers were able to afford their own space just a few blocks from the studio. In early 1924, they beefed up their staff by hiring three women to ink over the pencil lines of their cartoons. One of these women, Lillian Bounds, would become Walt's wife just one year later. During 1924, the fledgling studio produced 10 Alice short films for their New York distributor, Margaret Winkler. This high volume of work was due in large part to a demanding schedule imposed by Winkler's fiancé, Charles Mintz. Over the next three years, Mintz would assert more and more control over the Disney Brothers studio, even going so far as to replace Virginia Davis with a cheaper and less agreeable actress. Still, despite the growing tension, the partnership proved lucrative for everyone involved. Roy and Walt put most of their earnings back into the business, and by early 1926, they had finished construction on a new and much larger studio located on Hyperion Avenue. They chose a new name to match their new digs, no longer the Disney Brothers Studio, but rather the Walt Disney Studio. The change was made in recognition of Walt's rising star in Hollywood. He had always been the main creative on their projects, with Roy serving as the numbers man, working behind the scenes to keep the company afloat. By all accounts, the decision was mutual, and there was no bad blood between the brothers. Walt eventually bought out most of Roy's shares in the studio they had founded together, but Roy stayed on with the company for decades, even serving as its first CEO and chairman. Things were going well for the brothers Disney, but their fraught relationship with Charles Mintz reached its tipping point in 1927. That's when the distributor ended Walt's beloved Alice series, insisting instead that the studio create purely animated shorts starring a new character called Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Walt obliged, ultimately directing 27 Oswald shorts, with much of the animation handled by Ub Iwerks. Finally, in a rather shady business move, Charles Mintz seized ownership of the Oswald character and poached away most of the Disney Studios' staff, effectively cutting Walt and Roy out of the business they had started. It was a crushing blow for the Disneys, but it launched them on a path that would culminate in the creation of one of the world's most beloved and recognizable characters, none other than Mickey Mouse. If Walt could no longer use the Oswald character, then he would have to create a new one, and that's just what he did. The massive popularity of the Mickey Mouse shorts persuaded Walt and Roy to push the medium of animation in all sorts of new directions. 
Over the next decade, the studio would introduce synchronized sound and color to their shorts, and expand into the untested field of feature-length animation, with hit films like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, Pinocchio, and Fantasia. Today, the company is fond of saying that its legacy all started with a mouse, but the truth is that it started with two brothers. And though one went on to eclipse the other in fame, without them working together, the studio probably never would have made it out of their uncle's garage. Lastly, if you're curious what happened to Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, here's a bonus fact. Charles Mintz continued to produce new Oswald shorts throughout the 1930s, but eventually the character was overshadowed by Mickey Mouse and all things Disney. Oswald languished in obscurity for the rest of the 20th century, with the 27 shorts produced by Disney eventually becoming the property of Universal Studios. But fast forward to 2006, when a very unique trade brought the Lucky Rabbit back where he belonged. In exchange for the rights to the original Oswald shorts, the Walt Disney Company allowed sportscaster Al Michaels to exit his contract with Disney's ABC and ESPN networks. That freed him up to work for NBC Sports, which is owned by Universal. To his credit, Al Michaels didn't seem to mind that the deal had effectively traded him for a cartoon rabbit. He told reporters, quote, I'm going to be a trivia answer someday. And yeah, way to look on the bright side, Al. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you want to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.